so yeah, after that sort of fainting episode and um, and the the loss of um, obviously my my muscles, um, the contractions and and whatnot, I went to a doctor and and said um, this is what's going on, and he said basically your body's stressed, um, exhausted, you need to have a break, um, and again just that young mentality back in the day it's like no i'll be right hey my name is pete and my name is michael and welcome to humbled a personal and inspiring podcast series where we have conversations with everyday people sharing their humbling stories we thank you for tuning in and supporting the voices and stories on this series because we really believe people help people they absolutely do so let's get to work let's do it Okay, we're away. We're back. Humbled the series. We Pete are. here. Hello, Michael again. Very excited for our upcoming episode. Um, a familiar face to both myself and Gags. Yeah, very, um, very familiar. A very pleasant face. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely giggle. There you go. <laughs> Keep smile. No, I'll hand it over to Gags to introduce our next guest, but yeah, very excited. Yeah, very excited, mate. Um, yeah, our next guest, like we just mentioned... We know him very well. He's a creative, well-known in the uh, industry that he's focused in. He wears multiple hats and uh, loves to run, loves his footy, and loves his kids. Dave Lawson, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome to be uh, on part of this uh, podcast. Thank you, mate. Yeah, we're really excited that you're on board. We, um, we've talked a lot about humbling experiences together. Mm-hmm. And um, the transformation of those, or in a way, what um, what stories lead to moments? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No doubt, there's some moments in your life that you've you've gone through, and we just want to be able to tune in for the next little bit and hear your story, and and hopefully learn something on the other side. So yeah, take awesome. it away. Well, all right. Well, I guess when you guys asked about um, a humbling experience, um, obviously we could go down the avenue of. Um, you know, positive, but I think one that resonates, which pe- could resonate with a lot more people, was a um, a pretty negative experience um, back in 2012. Um, I was a creative at the time, like I am now, but I was working for a, a larger advertising agency. Sort of, I guess, when you're a little bit, so what was I? Maybe 27, 28, uh, a little bit cocky. Um, little bit, you know, the, the world's at your feet, um, a little bit invincible um, and it came to a fact where one day I wasn't um, and it hit me like a, a ton of bricks actually. I um, I was walking the city and I was, uh, I fainted, um, got up, didn't know where I was um, and then I fainted about four more times that day. And then that night I um, started uh, losing control of my muscles in my body um, and it was just like I couldn't control any muscle in my body, uh, went into spasms. Um, and then I realised, yeah, something wasn't quite right. Um, and there was probably signs leading up to that moment that I'd sort of ignored. Um, at the time, you know, working from anywhere between 40, 60, 80, sometimes even 100 hours a week, um, 
just, I guess, trying to do your best at your job, trying to do the best, be the best person you can when you're not at your at, at your job. Um, but I think I obviously just did everything too much. Mm. Yeah. So talk us through like leading up to that that moment that you describe, which sounds crazy, mm. like fainting multiple yeah. times in the mm. same day. Yeah. And yeah. the Dave Lawson, I know no idea about any of this, like yeah, fit, no. healthy guy. No. <laughs> yes, he loves a pizza, but, yeah. you know, totally a shock to me. Um, talk, talk us through like the events sort of leading up to this moment. Obviously, you're working really hard, working long hours. Yeah. Yeah, just a bit more detail about yeah. that. It was, um, I guess, starting out at an agency, you, you guess you want to impress. Um, and coming on the back of, um, I won award school, which is an advertising school in Adelaide, got taken on by yeah, an advertising agency, got paired up with another creative and, um, we started our, I guess, creative journey. Um, and I guess a little, a little bit humbling. We were quite, um, successful in our first two or three years, um, won quite a few awards, um. A um, a bigger award like the um, the gold chair and in Adelaide at the AADC awards, um, but I guess the more awards you win, mm-hmm. the more work you get. True. <laughs> the more briefs um, there are to work on, um, and it's I guess it starts snowballing from there. Um, I think in the lead up, I actually had a, a couple of panic attacks, which I didn't. Um, register as panic attacks, short breathing, you know, lack of oxygen, just it's like the world slows down um, and you can feel your heart thumping like almost through your whole body. Um, And I think like looking back, anxiety was a huge part of my life at that stage. Um, And yeah, I think what I, if I knew what I, I knew now, Things could have been totally different, but that's the, I guess, the learning curve you have to be on, um, learning techniques on how to manage anxiety. Um, a lot of people live with it. Um, I mean, mental health is such a huge topic in society these days, that, um, which is great because I guess even back when I was 28, like it was still, no one really talked about it. No one at work talked about it. It was um, swept under the rug a little bit. Um and I think that it goes on a little bit today, but there is a lot more conversation around mental health, which is it's going to benefit um, everyone. Yeah. And, I, mate, I thank you for opening up to us and to our listeners about this because, yeah, the, the Dave Lawson I know, um, yeah, a talented man. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. Too talented if you're <laughs> good, to be honest. Um, and the community around you know that mm. and, and respect you highly. Mm. And so... Yeah, I guess it, it probably does come with its pressures, yeah. and um, um, it can it can weigh you down because mm. you know always having that expectation. Yeah, I think it's the, I think it's also as a creative. When I say working a hundred hours, it's not physically you're at work. Mm-hmm. Your brain is constantly thinking. Of course. Mm. So you know you're trying to go to sleep and you you can't go to sleep because you're thinking. Uh, you wake up the first thing you do is start thinking about work. Mm. So yeah, I guess you're. You're constantly um, on the clock, yeah. um, and then you turn to, I guess, vices to help you um, cope with those, um, with that workload, the anxiety, the thoughts, um, which 
I I probably didn't take um, the right advice um, in terms of um, treating myself that well. Um, so yeah, after that sort of fainting episode and um, and the the loss of um, obviously my my muscles, um, the contractions and and whatnot, I went to a doctor and and said um, this is what's going on, and he said basically your body's stressed. Um, exhausted, you need to have a break. Um, and again, just that young mentality back in the day, it's like, no, I'll be right. Um, and then it probably a couple more months went on from that. And, um, it, there were, I guess there is, there was one, um, I guess moment that I totally regret. Um, but I didn't see another way out was, um, being at home one night, absolutely just full of anxiety, didn't know what to do um, and um, stupidly um, I self-harmed. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it was a bit of a, a cry for help um, but by myself at home, um, you know, it was probably the wrong thing to do but I guess when you're stuck in that moment, um, it it wasn't um I, I don't think it was a, a thing to actually I'm doing inverted brackets here, but it like hurt myself. It was more like I needed someone to know that I was struggling. Yeah. yeah. Um so unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, um uh, my my wife Katie found me um uh on the couch at home. Um I was still obviously all fine, but so I got rushed to hospital. Um and spent um, a week at Flinders uh, Hospital in the mental health unit, um, and then I got uh, moved to the Adelaide Clinic, um, and I was there for two weeks, yeah. um, just to have a break from life, basically. Um, yeah, I guess it scared a lot of family, friends. Um, no one knew, mm. um, and I guess that you know one of the the big thing that a lot of people do is is hide that um, as best they can from loved ones because you don't want to, I guess, you think people have got their own own shit going on or, um, you know, this will pass. Um, but, yeah, I, that's that's what happened. Um, and from there I sort of, um, uh, I guess, drew a line in the sand and said this is no way to live my life. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, from there, I quit um, my big advertising job straight away um, with nothing else to go to, and I just I just had to change the scenery and and change my I guess routine of what was at the time probably pretty toxic for my um, for myself. So it was like a yeah. bit of a thank you so much for sharing that, and I think yeah. James already mentioned it, but that's really appreciate you know going there and, and sharing that. It, it sounded like the, it was like a an anxiety building and there was sort of a physical response, like yeah. involuntary it was a physical response totally. to I, I'm overworked, I'm fainting, my body's falling apart. Yeah. And then, you know, there's another physical response with you, you know, I'm harming and stuff. Mm. Like such an unbelievably overwhelming thing for me to even try and comprehend, mm. like what, what that, what that mm. feels like and how you got to that stage and then, you've decided so at that moment now it's like all right i've 
were you able pretty simply to identify that it was the overwork and was that the, the main trigger? Yeah. Or the combination was, of just work and, and other things or is it just? Yeah, it was um, probably a combination of things. Um, I mean, when you're younger, you don't understand what anxiety is. I probably have yeah. grown up with the anxiety since a young age. Like um, so many people. Yeah, have, right? just don't know how to. Totally. Um, you know, parents split when I was seven um, and that put a lot of, I guess, um, I guess, I sort of had become a little bit of a man of the house. Um, I've got five sisters, three blood, two step. Um, and I guess you, I was forced to grow up a little bit quicker than probably most kids were. Mm. Um, but I guess the expectation as well and, um, you know, when, when you get into the industry you love and want to do well in mm. and, um, you know, you look around and other people are doing that same hours. So you're just like, well, this is... This is what we do. This yeah, is what we do. It's normal, right? Crazy. Um, I guess the the other side of that was the working hard, but the playing hard. Um, mm. Alcohol was probably a, a big thing, um, which it's a great vice or band aid for a short term solution. Yeah. Um, mental health wise, it's not a great solution at all. Yeah. Um, and I've probably battled with alcohol for the last. Um, Oh, 10, 15 years, um, you know, starts when you're young. I played footy for 27 years. Um, it's such a big part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whether it's at work or at the club or even at home at dinners or social, barbecues, yeah. social. Yeah, it's, of course. Yeah. It's, which is, I think what's great about today's society is it's okay not to drink and it's, it's more acceptable. It's all, almost, you're a a little bit admired. Yeah. Um, we have our zero beers, man. Yeah, we have yeah, our we, zero beers. When we catch up. Um, yeah. And I guess I then realised that maybe the best way to manage the anxiety was to start my own business, um, which I did straight after when I left the agency. About two months later, I I started my um, little design brand, um, which... Um, yeah. Pete, yeah. Pete, Pete was it. part of that ride. Um, how was that feeling when you when you made that decision? Because um, you, you were out of obviously um, a hard, mm. I would say not completely out, but you knew the decisions to make to go forward, to go what would be better for me and my family and, and my community and yep. network to go, all right, I'm going to do this. Yep. And how was that feeling? Was that like a, a new goal, a new target, it was, a new distraction? It was such a relief. Mm. Yeah, great. Um, I could... I mean, a lot of people think, oh, starting your own business is really stressful and hard. I, I think, um, you know, not to sound arrogant, but I, I knew, I had the confidence, I knew what I was doing and I could do it. So I wasn't trying to learn what I was doing. Um, it's probably more the stress of, you know, money and getting clients and, mm. which I sort of had, I did some work on the side, which probably added to the, the workload. Um, but, um, I think running your own business allows you to um, manage your own time. Yeah. I am a bit of a yes man still, which, you know, is to my detriment. Um, But at the same time, you know, if it does get too full on, um, I'm I'm getting better at delegating or saying no and and such a great great way to to manage that expectation, anxiety, workload because um, you can just do, make sure you've got enough money to, pay the bills, um, you know, have dinners, lunches, um, 
by you know a few nice things, but that's all you need. Um, it's on your terms. Yeah, on my terms. Um, so yeah, so once I started my own business, I probably, in hindsight, did the wrong thing and um, went back as a senior designer as a um, at another agency. So again, I was running my own business and then doing the senior designer role yeah. the following we, year. We talked about the multiple hats, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the beginning of it. Yeah, I can't help myself. Um, Wearing a hat at the moment too. <laughs> <laughs> I was then um, creative director of both companies the following year. Um, so then I guess it's easy to get stuck in that yeah. that um, that cycle again. Um there was the drinking, there was the working too much, there was the the anxiety. Um, and again, I got to a point where I hit a wall um, and I just started to have a, um, a break of alcohol um, and just try and simplify life a bit, a, a, a little bit. Um, and signed up to, I, I entered the ballot for the New York Marathon. Um not not having run ever <laughs> that you know more than five k. I yeah wow. Always used to um, uh, act like a well fake an injury for pre seasons at footy because I hated running. <laughs> What's it called? Like the old heart string. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, give me forty two k's. Yeah, so, yeah. I had every injury under the sun. Yeah. Um, but I thought, oh, I'm not going to get into the New York Marathon, so I don't yeah. have to run it. I could just say I applied. So I got in. Um, <laughs> And then, and my best mate got in actually through the ballot. So that was pretty awesome. So I got myself a running coach um, and just started training. Um, and my mental health were, went, you know, from fairly poor to bloody amazing. Um, you're eating better. You're not drinking. You're getting the endorphins from running. Yeah. Um, you got to focus. Focus. You got a goal. Yeah. Um, and yes, the 42K was a daunting, but at the same time, you're running it in New York, one of the you know the best cities in the world. Um, it's pretty, it's a pretty easy goal to try and achieve. Um, so yeah, in 2016, ran the New York Marathon, which was epic. You know, running through the streets of Manhattan, no no cars, and yeah. it was actually the year that Trump got in, so it was even crazier. Um, so you know, there was. Um, you know, the paparazzi plus you add in the crowds. There was, I think, 55,000 wow. people run the marathon. Wow. So it's it's pretty amazing experience. And You would have been on, on a high just on that. You probably wouldn't even have felt the 42Ks, I'm assuming. Tell, oh, me, yeah, tell me otherwise. You, 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 you're too busy looking around at, yeah. at the crowds are amazing. Um, I guess you're running through the, you know, you start at Staten Island, you go to Brooklyn, you go to Manhattan, you go to the Bronx, you end in Central Park. It's it's pretty amazing. It's um it's something I'll, you know, cherish forever and I probably did start with the best in the world though, so there's no Yeah. Where where to next? <laughs> um but I guess like I think running has been that vice for me. Um and I guess unfortunately or unfortunately I found with running I could um, have a few um, drinks every now and then and got back into that bad, that cycle of drinking and um, and it got to a point probably, um, yeah, a year and a half ago my mental health started getting really bad again. 
Um, uh, relationship wasn't going great at the time. Stress of work. I, I, I sort of, you go from working for yourself to having four employees. Um, so, you know, you're not stressing about making money, enough money for yourself. You're making enough money to pay your employees, um, pay rent. Um, and yeah, I, um, ended back, uh, LA clinic again. Um, just into, again, have a break. Mental health was, uh, terrible. Um, and that's, that was when I thought, you know, enough is enough. And I think the people around me were enough is enough. Um, you got to, you know, sort yourself out. Um, so I, last year I, um, I'm back to design person. Um, so I don't really have, um, employees anymore. Um, got the Gold Coast Marathon coming up in July. Um, haven't, I haven't had a drink for 15 months. Um, and you know, really feeling like on top of the world. And I think the more I tell my story now and I'm finding that with a lot of friends and family, especially my mates, they have the guts now to talk out, uh, to speak out. Yeah. Um, which is great. And then, you know, they even question, you know, how much they drink or not that that's my mission, but yeah. it's, it's only positives can come from, you know, talking about mental health and, um, your vices and addiction. And I think, um, there are a lot of, you know, I, I do know when to put my hand up now. Um, I know when to, um, you know, have a break. I know when I know I can feel myself getting anxious. Um, so I, I do go for a run or I will have a day off work or, um, spend time with the kids and the kids have been a lifesaver in terms of like a reality check. Yeah. Perspective. Uh, perspective. Mm, yeah. Totally. <laughs> when you stress about a job or, you know, you're, um, you're worried about money and, and whatnot and you come home and the kids just hug you and, you know, smile at you, I want to play with you and you're just like, they don't care about that stuff. As long as they've got you and you're happy, yeah. that's, um, that's important to me and, you know, that's what's, you know, keeping me going and, um, yeah, so today I'm in a much happier place. Um, but I guess the journey to get there, it's been pretty rocky. Um, but I guess no one's life is perfect and <laughs> everyone has their battles and, um, challenges. Um, and I guess it's, it's probably more so trying to help people how they go about, um, approaching and tackling those challenges, um, in a positive way, not with, um, I guess, um, band-aids and, um, it's probably, you know, I enjoy helping people. I do have a lot of people, um, who hear about my story and reach out and which I love because, I don't mind talking about my story. It's not, there's nothing to hide. Um, it's, you know, I guess back then in 2012 and at times through the last three, 10 years, it's, I have been humbled, um, and thought, shit, you know, I'm not as admissible as I thought I was. Um, but in a positive note, the humbling stuff moving forward is, you know, I've got a successful business, um, just bought a house the other day. Um, you know, I got two happy kids, um, who are, I love and adore, um, you know, back running, great family, um, great mates. So, you know, if it just, 
every day, just take it as it comes. But, um, you know, those, those kind of things just put everything in perspective. And, um, I love work now. <laughs> I love good. it. I love it. And that means you love life more and everything just benefits from that. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you, um, about that process of say the humbling experience and mm. I guess holding a lot in, mm. right. Which kind of came to the surface yep. sooner or later, yep. as we all know as humans, you know, yep. we can't, we can't bother for too, too much. Mm. Um, but now knowing mm. and now expressing yourself more than once and on this platform and, yeah. and to your other circles of friends, what would you tell someone now? knowing the difference between holding it in and then yeah. also releasing it oh, and the feeling of the difference. Yeah, it's um, it just feels like you're a totally different person. It's like a whole weight's lifted off your shoulders. When It's not sharing the load with someone, but when someone listens and actually, um, even if they don't, um, you know, give you any steps to actually help you, just having them listen is just, it gets it out there. Yeah. So you're not holding it in. Um, I think like you guys, when you, when you started the podcast and, and, um, you know, was saying that, um, introducing me and, you know, positive guy and, um, you know, great creative and whatnot, I guess that there is a, at times there is a, I guess you want to, you want to stay up there and put those people's minds as well. You want to be that person, but at the same time, I think being vulnerable and, um, people knowing this part about you makes it even stronger and your strong, your connections get stronger and becomes more like real friendships rather than just, you know, surface level. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's important for people to learn is that it's amazing when you start talking, how many other people have exact same problems, yeah. um, which I guess this podcast is about, which is great. And, um, I think what you guys are doing is amazing. Um, um, I'm, I'm not maybe just spruiking another podcast here, but um, uh, I listened to the Resilience Project, um, and that that really resonated with me. Um, and now I listen to the Imperfects podcast, and even that just the realization of celebrities going through panic attacks, anxiety, addiction, you know, self harm. It's just it's really like just brings the whole um, conversation to a meaningful level for anyone to understand, um, which I think it's important that the more we talk about it, it's almost, you want mental health just to become, um, something that it's not, um, it's not a stigma. It's not a stigma. Yeah. It could be an okay conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it should be, and it should be a conversation you have on a daily basis. Even as you just check on with someone, you think, oh, they, they seem a bit down or, even when they're seeming up, just like saying, oh, what's been going on? Or why, why are you so positive? Like, and just then you can actually um, remind them, you know, that day when you were like that, you know, you did this. So, you know, get back to doing that. So, um, yeah, I think, basically, yeah, I think putting my hand up and, and chatting to people was um, the way to get out of that, that negative humbling experience. Yeah, so you would you say you've just you've now sort of it was a huge roller coaster you've been on there mm. like up and down. It wasn't just like I learnt once and then I'm good. It's like mm. there was obviously that cycle that 
and I felt it was like you were in control of everything and mm. then it started to get out of control mm-hmm. and then you would you would, you would find it again yep. with, with whatever vice it was. And yep. obviously there's healthier vices keeping you, yep. you know, in check now. Yep. But I, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've, you've arrived at a, site, a stage where you're really just comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. for exactly whatever yep. that is. Yep. And, and uh, agree or disagree, do, do you think that's, and you mentioned celebrities there and people that are under a huge amount of stress mm. from an outside perspective. I feel like people that are comfortable or have a good mental health mm. are, are just plain happy in their own skin yeah. and can accept themselves for the great, the good, the bad, you know, like Absolutely. the social media versus yeah. reality. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, and accept themselves for that yeah. wholehearted who they I are. Think, I think it's a great point. I think, um, again, for a while there, I've just there's a, a persona you try and, yeah. you know, you keep up. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. Just, like, just as be long Dave, as, right? Yeah, as yeah. long as I'm happy, um, as long as I'm honest myself mm. and honest to other people, some people might like me for who I am, some people might not. You just, it's, it's, you got to accept it. Yeah. Um, and it's probably, I was a people pleaser back in the day and you just want people to love you, like mm. everyone. Um, and so you're trying to, I guess wear different hats, aren't you? Yeah. Um, for yeah, different people. Yeah, but you don't have to um, get that confused with you know being kind and being you know um, a person of of, totally. of goodwill. Mm. You know, that's still in your core, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. It's not changing. It's no. just. Um, it's probably more being um, just kind to yourself and and 100%. not. Um, I guess just saying this is who I am. Um, if you like it, great. If you don't, then you know move on. Like, and I think. I find that it's great with um, relationships in life, friends, family, work, um, colleagues or um, clients. We just get on really well because you can have that conversation. A lot of them do know my story. Um, well, they're going to know now. Yeah, they're going to know now. <laughs> Which, oh, I'm, like I said, it's not something I'm um, not, you know, I'm scared to get out there. No. Um, so if it helps one person... Um, just to reach out or get some help, then great. That's very noble of you, mate. Um, <laughs> Thanks, mate. We thank you. Um, okay, so what would you say to, you know, Dave the teenager <laughs> versus Dave the 20s versus Dave the now, you know, if you had to do a little reflection, a little, um, it can be a quick little one-word yeah, or, well, I or guess a, Dave, a sentence. Dave the teenager is, um, it's going to get hard. Um, and then it's more, um, David in the twenties was, this is fucking hard. Yeah. (laughs) And then Dave to now is, um, look what I've achieved. I had, I had to go through that to get where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. Had to be humbled. Had to be humbled. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so you might've caught me on a good day, but no, I was just joking. (laughs) Um, no, it's, um, again, like Pete, you were saying before, it's, it's learnings and roller coaster. It's there's I've learned that it's you're not fixed and there's no one solution. Um, but as long as you're trying to do as many things you can to keep the odds in your favour every day, then you're gonna be more often have better days than not not so great. Brilliant. Um mm. yeah. Really good. And that's um moving forward, you know, all you can really think of and mm. do. You know, um, we're never going to be perfect. And I no. think letting go of that idea of perfect. Yeah. And that, and that's, yeah, I think letting go of the idea of perfect is great because 
like you were saying before, Mike, is the, um, you know, the, the idea of like social media and Instagram and <laughs> it's, oh, I fear for my kids. Yeah. Um, and, um, but that's something, you know, we will, we'll, we'll learn how to tackle and we'll have to do it as parents in our own way. But, um, yeah, it's just the society that they're growing up in is, I think even harder than what we had to do when growing up because we didn't even have that social media um, media element at, um, or, you know, we're playing Snake on the buddy Nokia 5110s <laughs> back in the day. There's, there wasn't that, yeah. the iPhones or um, access um, to the internet so easily. So, um, but I think the learnings I can take from what I've been through, I can, you know, try and adapt that to help the kids out navigating their life and, yeah. um yeah, moving forward. And with society and, and I guess the, the influence, what about the, the male perspective, you know, more the, the mateship and opening up to that? Because I guess, you know, three guys in a room right now, we're mm. talking about some high emotions. Yeah. It's not always perceived to yeah. be, I guess, cool or something you do, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, um, unfortunately, like the, in my in my um group of mates it was it was probably me you know gone ho- hospital that sort of opened their eyes um to say that you know we have to check on each other more um but i think just moving like i think when you mature as well there um you do check on your mates more like it's just a pretty nature of growing up and you lose that bit of cockiness you lose that bit of arrogance yeah you become a bit more normal. Um, so like, you know, I'm here cause I'm comfortable talking to you guys cause you're great mates. And, um, but you know, me doing this at 28 would have been a totally different thing. Um, so I, I think it is, um, with the learnings of life as well thrown in there, but, um, you know, I can turn to my mate any day now and just say I'm struggling or, and they'll listen or come over and, um, but you know, they haven't fingers crossed, haven't needed to in a while. And, um, yeah, I think there, there is a boys club mentality still in some mm. circles. Um, but you know, some of those circles that I just don't want to be involved in anyway. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's pick and choosing, um, what you want to be involved in, who you want to be around. And, um, I guess if some mates don't like that honesty or, um, vulnerability, um, then they're probably not your mate anyway. So, yeah. 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 Good call. Um, fantastic, mate. Like huge, huge respect to be able to to jump on and and go through all of that. And like we said before, we started recording, like you hear bits and pieces of stories Mm. and, and, and for you to go and and to share that level of, Mm. of your story. So openly, I can't thank you enough for, for, for going there, mate. And is there, um, you know, you mentioned in the podcast that you enjoy actually connecting with people who have a who have a similar story mm. or a similar thing to 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 talk about. Is there a best way that they can connect with you? And absolutely, I mean, um, I'm happy for you guys to link me on a, a mobile or email or yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to reach out and catch up for a coffee um, or you know, non-alcohol beer or pizza or whatever, I'm yeah. like I'm an open book and I'm happy to um, help anyone out I can. 
He's got a great smile too, so <laughs> infectious. Thanks, He'll, mate. Yeah. <laughs> our chats always go for too long, don't they? We look at our little, we've got to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, we, yeah, we're forever grateful um, for coming on uh, and opening up and sharing the story. Um, we know it will definitely hit home for the ones listening and I guess it's um, it's really good to see you. Yeah, well, good thanks for having me. I, I, I really appreciate um, having me on and I can't wait to hear the other guests um and yeah look forward to it mate you're an absolute legend thanks guys this is home of the series stay tuned Ooh.